1: And we're still talking about revolution.
2: Hello and welcome to the Do and Time show. This is 3CR Community Radio, 855 AM on the dial, streaming live on www.3cr.org.au. This is Marissa and I'll be taking you through until 5 o'clock this evening. First up on the show, we're going to be speaking with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. And we're going to be speaking to Chris about an upcoming rally that's coming up, No Mandate for Refugee Racism, Bring Them Here Free, Priya Needs, and this is hosted by the Refugee Action Collective Victoria, and I'll be giving you the details of the rally shortly, um, although I will say, um, for an introductory comment, that the rally will be held at the State Library of Victoria, and it will be um on Saturday, friday night i believe at 5:30. but we'll speak to chris about that shortly we're going to also analyze the election and also the election results and also speak about um, an update to do with refugees and asylum seekers after that we'll be speaking with vicky roach who is a wonderful indigenous activist from sydney an excellent poet and writer and we'll be speaking with her about incarceration and also about her experiences around being criminalised because she is from the stolen generation. And we'll be linking that up with Queensland, where a lot of Aboriginal youth and a lot of indeed a lot of youth in general have been incarcerated as young people into adult prisons. So we're going to be speaking now with Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective. Hello, Chris. Welcome to the program.
1: Hi, Marissa. Thanks for having me on.
2: It's lovely to have you. Now, I'm wondering if you could just start off um, by giving us the details of the upcoming rally in regards to refugees and asylum seekers.
1: Certainly. Um, The rally is going to be uh, 5.30 this Friday um, at the State Library. Uh, It's hosted by Refugee Action Collective, but we've also put it out a call just now to the um, Home to Billow campaign and the Tamil Refugee Council to co-host it uh, with us. Uh, We think it's important in the aftermath of Morrison's um, shock win, which is certainly bad news for refugees um, pre uh, Nadez and their family, their two Australian-born daughters, uh, Faced imminent deportation as a result of the election. Um, it's been a bit of a blow to people on Manus and Nauru who you know hoped at least for some of them that the New Zealand deal might be um, a a way out and so we've rolled the rally also to say that Morrison has no mandate for anti refugee racism you know refugees um, barely barely rated a a, a mention. In the campaign, um, and that we need to build the refugee movement. I think mean, it's worth pointing out that um, there have been victories against Morrison that have been won. So the um, kids coming off Nauru uh, was won by the movement, you know, in solidarity with the struggles of refugees, um, just against Morrison's wishes, and that we can build a movement which can close the camps. Uh, despite the setback of the um, election outcome,
2: so basically, what's happening is that that Pre um, and her family hmm. are going to be deported.
1: Uh, yes. So just a couple of days before the election, uh, they lost a high court case about whether they could have um, special uh, appeal. Um, to continue, so now it is entirely in the hands of um, the incoming immigration minister and the Morrison government. Um, I mean, it's worth saying the Morrison government does have, you know, the ability to they've got discretion. Um, it's the, the, the minister's call about um, deporting this family, and that doesn't have to happen. And the bigger a response that we can get. Um, you know, the more likely that is to to occur, um, but we we know from the past six years of the coalition government that this is a cruel and you know racist government, and it it, it is going to take a fight.
2: So just to recap, before the election, the there were going to be a, a, there was a deal, wasn't there, that the refugees could, could get off Nauru and Manus and go to New Zealand, right? uh
1: so sort of um just into our in New Zealand offered to take hundred and fifty um people per year uh so short government short <laughs> shorten said that if they labour formed government, they would accept that deal um that would have still left you know eight hundred or so people on Manus and Nauru. So it wasn't a solution for everyone, but certainly getting 150 more people off um, is, you know, for those 150 people, it's
2: it's not to be missed. So they said no. Uh,
1: Yeah, the coalition has said said no to the New Zealand offer um, uh, all along, consistently.
2: So it's even worse now.
1: Um, Well, we've got Morrison back, and it's. uh, Everything, but it, there have been some successful outcomes the Let Them Stay campaign, the um, Kids Off Nauru, the Medivac um, bill, yes. and it just means that we have to redouble our efforts to build the movement. Um, you know, we always knew that there wasn't going to be electoral salvation, that even under it, you know, shortened, we would have to fight. Um, but, you know, that should be clear to everyone that it's if, if if up to us, it's our efforts um, that.
2: Whilst democracy can be a farce in this disturbingly rotten racist system, we have to work with that element at the moment. And I'm wondering if you could just explain to listeners why refugees and asylum seekers barely featured in the election campaign?
1: Um, I think there's two parts to that. So... One is that both the major parties agreed on offshore detention and both turnbacks, and so Labor's strategy of emphasising how much it agreed with—I um, mean, ironically—didn't stop how much they agreed with the Liberals. Didn't stop them being defeated and you know going quiet. Uh, isn't uh, a strategy. Um, on the other hand, um, it's also the case I think that.
2: Can he claim a mandate? I mean, he's—he, you know—that's well, that's yeah. a good
1: question. He's, yeah. he's scraped in with, um, you know, uh, almost no policies at all. I mean, perhaps other than the, the tax cut, um, you know, mostly it was uh, you know, very negative, um, anti-labor uh, scaremongering. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, what what Morrison can can claim, claim a mandate on is, I mean, is virtually nothing. I think um, he's going to be. Either a minority or a small majority government, they're not going to control the Senate. Um, you know, so as much as refugees don't like the outcome, it's, it's not going to be a a strong and confident government. Is that right? Um, well, we're certainly going to do our best to to make sure that the oppos- there is opposition from day one, and we you know continue to to build the fight for for refugee rights and the kind of world we want to live in.
2: Absolutely, Chris, and and I've seen um, some of the demands here. You know, in regards to to the rally, um, can you talk about those?
1: Uh, the demands of the uh, rally are, are fairly straightforward. It's um, that you know to, to bring the refugees here from Manus and to free uh, free Nadas and family, to no deportations, to danger to close the camps, um, essentially. Um, I should also mention that we've got a major refugee rally coming up on July 20th. Uh, July the 19th will mark uh, six years that the um, ruds PMG announcement. Basically, six years that people have been on Manus and Nauru indefinitely held there, and we'll be saying to the Morrison government that six years is too long. Um, that you know you can't just imprison people who've committed no crime forever.
2: Chris, um, what do you think happened with Labor?
1: What do I think happened with Labor? Um, I mean, that's probably a little bit beyond my. Uh, reading. Oh, I don't mean that you've no, got no, to no, analyse
2: no. the election.
1: No, no, but, I mean, I'm just saying that uh, I'm probably speaking on behalf of myself here, rather than the rest of the. Well, you know,
2: collective. let's let's but let's I formalise mean, I, a little bit. Spe- speak on behalf of the collective, but but also, I suppose, what the question is that what I'm trying to get out here. Yeah. Is just to be clear, is is basically with Labor's refugee policies, they it seemed to be very fragmented and and very contradictory.
1: Yes, I mean, do I you think, think that's, that's that's a fair yes, statement? I, I think that's true. It's, they tried to play, I mean, both sides I mean. of the argument, a bit like with the Ghani as well, and they end up looking like they stand for nothing. So On the one hand, they kicked back the Medivac bill, which was good; it was a little break from bipartisan. They said yep. they want to get rid of temporary protection visas. On the other hand, Shorten was absolute in his commitment to turn turnbacks and to keeping offshore processing and and all of that cruelty. And so, you know, people who I mean, I, I don't think refugees influence people's votes on the on the, the, the main. But if you do, if people did want the cruelty, they would go with Morrison. Um, yep. And you know, uh, not with um, Shorten's uh, version of it, and I think that was, was a, um, a, a theme. I mean, there's been a bit of a myth, I think, developed in the media in the last few days that Labor was too big of a target, and I think there is a, a danger of, of Labor just withdrawing and saying, well, we're not going to say anything, we're going to be just like these coalitions. But I mean the problem is that we have never actually seen an election fought on refugee issues where Labour has stood up and fought and said this is cool, it's wrong and the problem when they don't fight it sends a signal to all Labour voters and supporters that this is okay, there's something all right about what the um, coalition are doing and not fighting that vicious anti-refugee racism and cruelty, you know, is not a strategy for change. It's not a strategy for work, because it works. I mean, beyond that, in the election, I think you do need to go beyond refugee issues. I think there was scaremongering about the um, the franking credits um negative gearing, and, you know, Labor's defence of these was, you know, I thought, quite feeble, rather than coming out and saying, actually, we're going to hit the rich. It's not about going after ordinary people. Um uh, I think there's, you know, a range of things. Um, and uh, on, the, on the climate question, there wasn't enough... Um, uh, ..focus on, on, on what they were going to do around um, jobs. Uh, so, I mean, if you look at places like the Hunter, there was a 21% vote to One Nation, which is not by any means all a racist vote. I mean, certainly people were not uh, prepared to vote for the racist, even if it wasn't directly... But it is a question about, um, you know, jobs.
2: You know, to be fair to Labor, though, I did notice two things, and I'm not sure whether you saw this. Yeah. But they, to be fair, they did mention that they were going to have a policy of not having indefinite detention for refugees and asylum seekers.
1: They did, but that was contradictory once yeah, again. Yeah, exactly. So they were. They said that they wanted to clear Manus and Nuru. Um, but it came down to they were going to find third countries. Yeah. And the problem is they didn't have third countries. They still don't have third countries um, any more than the Liberals do. So beyond the 152 New Zealands, um, you know, they had nowhere else to send people. I mean, what we were saying is that the, after the US deal, which is, you know, effectively exhausted after New Zealand, the only third country is Australia. And if they were serious about ending indefinite detention, um, you know, they could bring people here. And actually, I think that's the sort of policy which would have invigorated Labor supporters. Yeah. I mean, you look at 2007 when Rudd did promise to get rid of offshore processing. Yeah. It gave people a little bit of hope that there was, there was going to be a real alternative, and I, I don't think there was enough of that um, this election.
2: Absolutely. And to be honest, and please correct me if I'm wrong here, But the Greens didn't seem to have much of a policy either about refugees. I didn't see a lot of interviews on air about that.
1: Um, They had a little
2: bit, but bring them here. The Greens
1: have been, you know, uh, decent on refugees. Um, They often don't run on it um, as hard as we might like. Correct. uh, In election campaigns. But they, you know... uh, Policies um, are good. it is for shutting down offshore processing. It is sure. for, for bringing the, uh, you know, the, the refugees uh, here.
2: But it's not as much as it should be, really.
1: Um, no, certainly it's it's one issue that, you know, it wouldn't do them any harm apart from anything else to, to run a little bit harder on it.
2: Chris, I'm so glad that we were able to clarify these issues because, you know, there, there needs to be... So much more, um, work done to be able to speak to, to all politicians about refugees and asylum seekers. And I do remember that there was a, an event that the Refugee Action Collective organised, um, with Labour. Do you remember that event? Uh, how do we, how do we break the bipartisan? Yes. And, you know, cause there, there are a lot of really decent Labour, um, Labor candidates. Unfortunately um, there's just a lot of double standard here and, and that's, really that's vague there policy. Is,
1: there is a an argument within the Labor Party you know you go back to 2015 I think it was 40% of their conference voted against both vote turnbacks I think there's, I mean it didn't come up at the, this conference I think because there's too much of an argument within Labor of just going quiet for shots yeah. we just need to shut up and say whatever it you know, need to do so that children get elected. And actually, it it hasn't worked. And I do hope there is there are some people, you know, in the Labor Party who start to learn those lessons if we're going to get change, if we're going to shift refugee policy. When I mean, people have to speak up about it publicly, absolutely. Um, you know the. the Yes, I mean, certainly. I mean, the, the, the forum you're talking about, um, uh, from memory, Jed Carney spoke at that. So that That's was when She was ACTU president, and she certainly played a useful role um, in terms of refugees when she was ACTU president. Now that she's an MP, I mean, we would love her to speak out uh, more clearly and more strongly. Like, if she was prepared to come up and say, bring those refugees here, I think that would start to have an impact. You know, Jeremy Corbyn can stand at refugee rallies and say that refugees are welcome 50,000 people in the UK. Uh, We need need Labor figures to to do the same here.
2: And really, you know, there needs to be more of a cohesive um, and more solidarity and unity between Labor and the Greens. And in fact, when Bob Brown was in power, the Greens and the Labor worked together. You know, they worked together on the Franklin Dam with Bob Hawke, Y- you know, I mean certainly
1: we in the Refugee Action Collective we try to make RAC a place that people can come together, no matter their you know if you want to fight for refugees, whether you're exactly. Labor, whether you're Greens. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people who want to see a broad movement, which is you know uh, united to, to push Morrison back on this.
2: It's really disappointing and disturbing that the Coalition is back in. I don't know how people can be so stupid. To, to vote for the coalition, I'm sorry? Really? Um, really? There, certainly there's... you've
1: got people voting against their own interests in different ways. Absolutely. Um, but I think it's... Uh, stupid's perhaps not quite the right word. Well, um, yeah. Um, I just I think that the alternative <laughs> that was posed to people, and you look at some of the coal community, that Labor talks about climate, and they're thinking, well, what what... Where are our jobs? What are the, you know, what is is the future going to be? And people weren't convinced about the alternative, and so I think you know the alternative needs to be stronger and it needs to be sharper.
2: Absolutely, and and I'll qualify that statement and and just develop that point, um, and and just say that, you know, policies need to be clearer and. There's no room for racism, and I, and I think that's really what I was trying to say. That you know, it seems to be that we're we're heading into a conservative era here, and yep. um, and there's a lot of scaremongering, and you know, ignorance is no excuse. That's basically what I'm trying I mean, to say. Yeah,
1: well, I think it's certainly the case that Labor um, agreeing with the coalition on refugees only seeds them political ground. You know, it hands over that ground to racists, and I think what we need is a consistent anti-racist line from Labor across all policy issues. Um, You know, the the we do need to talk about you know, we need to talk about economics, but there 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 is a specific there are specific arguments on on racism on refugees that need to be dealt with, and they're not dealt with agreeing with the coalition they're not dealt with by going quiet.
2: Precisely. Chris, thanks so much for coming on to the program. And, uh, thank
1: um, you for having me once again.
2: I hope we're on the same page here.
1: Actually, just one last announcement. Uh, we do also have on um, June Monday, June the 3rd, a post-election um, strategy meeting where we're inviting people from the broad movement, you know, whether you're an independent activist or affiliated to other refugee groups, to, to come along and talk about what are going to be the priorities now under the government to organise the, the July 20 rally. Um, so, you know, uh, it's, it's up on our Facebook. Um, if, you, if you look for Refugee Action Collective, yeah, please come along at the Nurses' Union building, Monday 3rd of June, 6.30.
2: The Union building, where's
1: that? Uh, the Nurses' Union, that's 535 Elizabeth Street uh, in the city.
2: Chris, thank you very much for that. Keep thank up the good head. work. Thanks okay. a lot. Okay. Bye. Bye. And that was Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective speaking about um, the results from the election and how that's impacted on refugees and asylum seekers, and how we can actually combat um, refugee cruelty. And is that actually going to happen with the coalition in power? I don't. I hope so. In 2019, 3CR has the power. I've got the power. Add your support during the annual Radiothon to Power Radical Radio. Radiothon starts 3rd of June. I've got the power. To donate, call 3 8377 Or donate online at 3cr.org.au. 3CR Radiothon 2019. Power Radical Radio. And you're back with the Doin' Time show. And while we are on the subject of Radiothon, I just wanted to let you know that I believe Radiothon starts on the 3rd of June um, and it concludes on the 16th or 17th of June. I'll um, give you more information about that next week. Um, our show, Doin' Time, is going to be on the 10th of June, which is the Monday of the long weekend. And um, our target is $850. So if people wouldn't mind... Um, starting to, to think about pledging and donating to the Do and Time show and indeed for all shows at 3CR and the donations are um, a tax deductible. And yeah, it's just to keep us on air again. So we're going to be, I'm gonna be, um, going to be doing a song now by, Ke- playing a song now by Kev Carmody and it's called Urology. And you're back with the Do and Time show and there was a song by Kev Carmody called Urology. Um, we're going to be speaking now with Vicky Roach and as I said at the beginning of the show, we're going to be speaking to her about um, how young people uh, have been placed in adult prisons, particularly in Queensland. There was a Four Corners um, special about that a couple of weeks ago and I wanted to talk to Vicki also about um, how she was... Criminalised as a as a little girl, um, so yeah. Details coming up next about that. Um, she did a, an excellent interview actually with Nick TV about this um, quite some time ago now, speaking about stolen generation. Hello, Vicky, Welcome to the program.
3: Hi, Mr. How are you?
2: Good, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Great to have you. <laughs> <laughs> Good to be here. Yeah, we were just having a chat. I was having a chat with Chris Breen, actually, prior to you about the election results. What a disaster.
3: What a disaster. Oh. My my whole news feed has brought people either wanting to kill themselves or move to New Zealand.
2: (laughs) I was seeing the same thing. (laughs) (laughs) So what what mob are you from, Vicky?
3: You and Rob, South
2: Coast, New South Wales. So you've been on this show quite quite a few times. Um, over, I have over I the years. Have. It's uh, virtually part
3: of the furniture, right I now.
2: think. So I think so. Um, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? What happened when you were a child? We were speaking off air today about how you were criminalised um, because of being stolen generation. Well, yeah, but it was a it
3: was a, a device used by the courts or the child welfare system at the time, um, to remove it from from our from our families, from our biological families and, and give us either into foster care or in institutions. And um, the charge most often used was being neglected. In in my case they said neglected by way of destitution. Now look I was only two. (laughs) Uh. Yeah, so I was out there providing for myself at that age. Um, Wow. But, yeah, that's kind of how it starts because then once you do, as kids who have been in foster care or um, in out-of-home care, any kind of -of out-of-home care, uh, often do wind up in... Uh, coming to the attention of the police they've already got a criminal record so they're already treated as a repeat offender and it feeds them straight into the criminal justice system um, and as a juvenile that automatically feeds you into the adult criminal justice system as you as you um, get older as, as a pipeline basically a pipeline
2: and so do you still have that criminal record like, from, from that time? Or have um, they erased it? Yes. You do?
3: Yes. It, it, it all just, it never goes away. None of your record goes away.
2: So you mean to say that they, they forcibly made you a ward of the state by removing you from your family. The government did this. And, and that remains on your record? They didn't, it's not just yeah,
3: it was it was the first document I found in my wardship file was um the charge sheet that they you know that they used to charge me
2: <laughs> that is crazy Vicky
3: it is crazy and it happened it happened to pretty much all of it
2: yeah, and I think that perhaps it's fair to say really that that's one of the reasons why a lot of Aboriginal people are over represented in the criminal justice system in the prisons
3: well it is. Um, you know at first up we are over policed um those kind of issues that that start from when you're from when you're just a child uh, yeah. Well, we're, we're just criminalised from the moment. We're born, basically.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, Vicky, when you were in foster care, like growing up, did you know you were Aboriginal?
3: No, I didn't.
2: Can you tell I us didn't. about that?
3: I um, Yeah, that, that was funny, actually. Uh, nobody ever said, uh, like I didn't even know that I wasn't their child, their biological child, until I was about eight or nine. Um but then the family story was that the father, when he came home and found me in the house, has gone, what's that little wog doing here? So I just assumed that I was Greek or Italian or something. Who, who said that? Um, my foster father. <laughs>
2: oh. But they weren't Italian?
3: No, no, no. But uh, uh, yeah.
2: Oh, I see what you... So they said, what's that little wog doing here? Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's really... That's that's uh, disastrous, Vicky.
3: <laughs> well, I, I didn't know about it at the time, of course. No, you know, no. It was, and it was a supposedly funny story as I grew yeah. older and once I knew that I wasn't their kid. Um, but, yeah, it led to me kind of believing that that's what I was. And it wasn't until I met my real mother, my biological mother, um, that I found out that we were Aboriginal.
2: You were able to meet your biological mother. That's great.
3: Yeah, yeah. Do you still see see her, Vicky? No, she's passed away now, Mister.
2: Oh, my condolences for that. But isn't that wonderful that you were able to meet her?
3: It it was, and and I've met um, my brother as well. I'm going to meet my sister soon, too.
2: Vicky, that is just so cool. It's so cool. I'm so happy for you. So, would you say then that those early formative years, um, led you to go into prison? Later on? As an adult? Absolutely,
3: adopt? 100%. Why is that? 100%. Um, yeah, because when you're under, like the child welfare as it was as it was called in those days, like general behavioral issues like you know, getting into trouble at school and stuff like that, was often met with your foster family calling the child welfare who yeah. may or may not um call you uncontrollable, in which case you get charged with that too, and put it before a court,
2: yeah, yeah. Okay, so so it's 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 so important, I think, to to say that stolen generation and going to prison are interconnected. And to put it in historical context, correct me if I'm wrong here, is that we we have to go back um, before colonize, you know, during colonisation, down back to the mission days, and that still had far reaching consequences today, hasn't it?
3: Oh, well, this country just loves locking people up. You know, if, if you're not, um, if you don't conform, if you're not like them, you know, then just lock you up. Lock you up or kill you. One of the two.
2: Exactly. Vicky, did you see the Four Corners show a couple of weeks ago? I a- did. Can you comment on that?
3: I did. Um, oh absolutely horrendous. I've seen those cells in the Brisbane Watch House. I've been in one. Um, to put a child in there is it, it's, it's just insane. It would traumatise a child so badly. It traumatises adults, yeah. let, let alone children. And, and that young girl that, that was placed next to next to two, pedoph- two, two men that have been charged with pedophilia. Yeah. Like Whose stupid idea
2: was that ridiculous,
3: like, and whose stupid idea is it to be putting them in that in those watch houses in the first place? Um, I can remember when I was a child. Things were pretty bad when I was a kid, um but they weren't even allowed to put me in the back of a paddy wagon back then. They had to sit me in the front if they arrested me, and they couldn't put handcuffs on me. Um, to be able to put a kid in an adult cell, in an adult watch house, amongst adults, not just for a couple of hours or perhaps overnight in an emergency, but for days, even weeks on end, it is like, why aren't there alarm bells ringing all over the country? This is just not acceptable. <coughs> and the worst thing is, This government that we're now stuck with um, condones and allows these things to happen and to continue to happen. Like it was no accident that the Royal Commission um, into juvenile detention was confined to Northern Territory and wasn't national because they would have discovered that this is going on all over the country. That's right. And it's predominantly Indigenous kids.
2: It's true because
3: we're more visible, we're more uh, we're over policed. We have those childhood juvenile records going against us. Everything goes against us.
2: It really does, and and, and in fact,
3: I'm sorry for yeah. being so pessimistic, but this election is is just maybe really
2: depressing. no, no. It is. It's not pessimistic, Vicky. We have to be real here. I mean. it's... What, how did the coalition get voted in again?
3: Well, personally, I think it was rigged.
2: Yeah?
3: Um, First of all, you've got Peter Dutton handing out fake how to vote cards. Um, We've got how to vote things that look, how to vote posters right next to, Australian Electoral Commission posters in English, but the other ones looked like them, but they were in Chinese and it was how the vote vote one liberal. What you know, yes. Look, these things these things have to be investigated. Look, how was uh, um Idiot Palmer oh. to spend eighty million dollars not to win himself a seat no, no. But to Sell those preferences to the Liberal Party so he can build his rotten, filthy mind.
2: I know. It's despicable, Vicky.
3: This election was rich. I don't believe for one second. Me either. That the Liberal Party won. Me either. There are not enough rich people in this country who have voted those people in.
2: I know, I kind of um, got... There can't
3: be that many people voting against their own interests.
2: It's true, you know. Although, Vicky, I, did, I got carried away when I was interviewing Chris and I said, how could people be so stupid? <laughs> 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 and I said it on air and then I thought, oh, no, what have I done? <laughs> 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 I think
3: I... Re- <laughs> <laughs> well, I was in a shop before and started talking to to the woman behind the temple. And um, I just assumed that she would have voted Labor. Fortunately, she had.
2: Who? (laughs) Who's
3: this? Just the conversation I was into with her was was under the total assumption that she felt the same way as me about the election. i have yet to run into anybody that actually voted Liberal.
2: But see...
3: He hasn't got elected.
2: Well, he's out.
3: Thank God for that, Lisa. That's one small mercy, and
2: just price and Warren Mundine. Wow, yeah. Uncle Ray used to use Ray Jackson used to say that that um, that Abbott was Howard on steroids.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, Vicky. Yeah, yeah. We have to laugh because, like, and I, and I suppose really, I, I'm not saying that people are stupid. Really, that's not what I really meant. You know, like I was just saying, like. Possibly, maybe well, because this is a racist honestly, country or something. What's the
3: definition of somebody who would vote against their own interests?
2: Exactly. That's all. That's all I meant. You know. Yeah. But it, I, I think you're right. I think it, it has been rigged to quite largely. It must have been.
3: The social media campaign that was just a, a Brit, blitzkrieg from um, uh, Palmer.
2: Palmer. Oh. There, there's
3: this. There's this Silly game I'd say on the phone and um whenever I have to wait for anything and yeah. he popped up on that. Really? Yeah.
2: Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I mean seriously, even even Labour would have been better than the coalition.
3: Look, like, how does Dutton get back in? I know. How does George Christensen get such a huge swing towards him? You know,
2: these are all impossible things. And indigenous issues weren't even part of the policy. It was all like... Not even. scaremongering. Yep. It was all it? Was,
4: it, was it. All it was
3: horrible. It was like... Um, and it's going to continue for however long these horrible things, reptiles last in power, although they've made it really hard to um, oust a particular leader. So it looks like we're stuck with Morrison. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah.
2: Which is not gonna help do you, anybody. Do you see yeah.
3: the paper's already calling him the Messiah?
2: The Messiah?
3: Yeah, the Messiah from the Shah.
2: They did actually mention um that he was welcomed to church on the Sunday after the election. Well they were welcomed I to church. I
3: don't know if this was a split. I I heard it on um, the ABC saying that he attended mass yeah, yeah on yeah. Sunday morning. But his, his church doesn't do maths. He went to his own church. His church don't do oh, maths. What are they doing? Trying to make him sound mainstream.
2: What, he's a happy clapper. What do you think the Coalition's policy would be on... Um, incarceration of, of youth in adult prisons. Do you think they'll try and stop it?
3: No, they'll just build bigger
2: prisons. Bigger prisons, huh? For profit?
3: Yeah. Yeah, and they'll just put a youth section in it. And they'll um, classify it as juvenile detention.
2: These were children on the Four Corners special. These were children as young as 10 that I were being know. placed in these cells. It was disgusting, Vicky. <laughs>
3: And there, there's no facilities and no privacy. Um they're abused by the by the coppers, um, they're under lights constantly, the noise is incessant. Um, no you can't treat kids like that.
2: How is that being allowed? <laughs> by
3: this government, that's our
2: I mean I'm wondering that there you know there needs to be some type of law to 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 stop that
3: well there is there are any number of human rights laws that um international human rights laws that it contravenes, but it seems that Australia no longer um, has care or concern for for those things or or even the um, the what was it? The hmm. Convention on the Rights of, of the Child.
2: Trial. yeah. And the UN, too. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. You know, like, we, we signed up on that. And look what we're doing. Exactly. You know, we, we, we've we become this horrible, ugly country. Um, that is like, oh,
2: I don't know. I know. I don't
3: know. David and Shoebridge. If i was another country I'd invaded. <laughs>
2: Oh, God. Recently, actually, the Do and Time show interviewed David Shoebridge, and this was way before the election, and he mentioned that, they that in fact, there's an incarceration, um, a policy against incarceration and looking at deaths in custody on the website there. Have you had a chance to look at that? Uh, uh,
3: on the Greens' website? Yeah. No, no, I haven't. Um, yeah. But I'm glad to hear they've
2: got one. They've got a policy, and... And, um, in fact, they, unfortunately, obviously they weren't elected, but, um, I might have him back actually to speak about in more detail. And he's also going to be taking, hopefully the Greens are going to be doing an inquiry into TJ Hickey's death, a parliamentary inquiry. So I'm hoping that can still happen.
3: At last.
2: Yeah. So I did an At interview last. about that. Listen to it on the podcast. The um, coming. look it up on the page if you're interested.
3: Yeah, Well. will. I will. It's, approximately... uh, it's been a long time coming.
2: Absolutely. All right. Well, Vicky, uh, this is good that we've been able to, to discuss all these things and um, it's going to take me a while to recover from this election, although I have to be honest with you, I'm not surprised. Uh, look,
3: neither am I. When, when Tony Abbott got in, uh, I, I was surprised. I was shocked. I was. Yeah. And, and I thought then it's got to be rigged. And then I found out about Murdoch, well, I knew about Murdoch that, you know, just all the pieces all fit together. And, you know, and how can you have any faith in the electoral process when everybody in the community is telling you, no, I said something else? Yeah. And nobody gets what they want or what they need. Yeah, yeah so this time I, I was a little less shocked. But I was
2: still surprised. Well, it's um, all the more reason um to to talk about you know, getting more active and not remaining silent and hitting the streets.
3: Yes, look, sooner or later we'll have to pull ourselves out of our despair. <laughs> 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 and get back into the revolution.
2: <laughs> we have to, Vicky. We we have to. Well, keep up the good work.
3: I, I will when I recover. You will.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and thanks so much for coming onto the show, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon.
3: Lovely talking to you, Marissa.
2: You too. Thanks a lot, Vicky. Ciao. Bye bye. Bye bye. And that was Vicky Roach, activist, poet, and writer, uh, speaking about the election, talking about Um, youth incarceration in adult prisons. And thank you so much um, to Vicky for coming onto the show and also to Chris um, previously.
4: In December 2017, Tanya Day, proud Yorta Yorta woman and much-loved member of the Aboriginal community, was travelling by train to Melbourne. When V-Line staff found her asleep, they called Castlemaine Police and she was removed from the train and charged with public drunkenness. Tanya died 17 days later as a result of head injuries sustained while in custody. This would never have happened had the recommendations of the 2001 Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody been implemented. Tanya Day's family is calling for the crime of public drunkenness to be abolished and for the implementation of genuine community health alternatives to incarceration. Please add your support by signing the petition at 3CR Reception, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy, or online by entering Tanya Day Petition into your browser.
0: Sitting here in a lonely old guest house. I'm sure that my life is all through. Scratching fleas and watching the grey mouse. I'm making love to the memory of you. For without you, I'm weak and uncertain And I feel so naked and cold Like a window without any curtain My innermost feelings unfold The drink I just had wasn't as bad as a first. But drinking won't do when it's only for you. I thirst, I thirst for your kiss. It quenches, over burning. It's sweeter. Than the sweetest of wine Now you're gone I find myself yearning For the love that I left behind Nobody can heal The pain that I feel inside And if I said I'm strong and I'm never wrong, I've lied, I've lied. Said I'm strong and i
2: I love I And you're back with the Doing Time So show. It's approximately four fifty four and we're nearing the end of our show. Thanks to all our guests for coming onto the show. Just to remind listeners about the snap rally that's coming up um, this Friday night, the 24th of May, I believe, at 5:30 at the State Library. We interviewed Chris Breen from the Refugee Action Collective um, about this. Try and rock up to that, or um, come to go to the Refugee Action Collective meetings on Monday nights. And the rally is entitled "Just to remind: No mandate for refugee racism. Bring the refugees here. Free prayer." Nadis and family, the return of the Morrison government is bad news for refugees. Priya, Nadis and their family now face imminent deportation and the possibility of immediately getting 150 refugees off Manus and Nauru to New Zealand is off the table. But there is no mandate for the refugee cruelty that has marked the last six years of coalition rule. Refugees barely featured in the election campaign, Morrison has no mandate of his own. He has no mandate for indefinite detention and no mandate for deportations to danger. Morrison's election is a setback, but according to the media release, and this is a quote from the Refugee Action Collective, we know that this is a government that can be fought. Morrison was forced against his wishes to get kids off Nauru. That was won together in solidarity with the struggles of refugee themselves by refusing to be silent, by being active on the streets and in our workplaces and campuses. And that was just a little bit of a summary um of the interview um with Chris Breen earlier on. And thank you also to to Vicky Roach, who spoke about incarceration. We have about one minute before um I'm out of here. And tune in to the Doin' Time Show every Monday from four till five um at three C R. And coming up after this is Beyond Zero and we're going to be going out now with our theme song, Black Fellow, Whitefella by the Rumpy Band. And our show can also is also on podcast as well. So it's goodbye from Marissa and see you next week.